everybody. Uh, welcome to a live webinar with uh, James Coe from uh, NBC Universal. Um, I'll introduce myself. My name is Aram Nukumov and I'm the CEO and co-founder of Crowdlinker. Um, really happy for everybody to be here today. I'm going to give you a quick kind of agenda in terms of what we're going to cover. I'm going to quickly introduce myself, Crowdlinker, um, the fireside chat event series that we're doing, um, introduce the topic and the guest that we have here today. and cover some housekeeping items before we get started into the uh, into the into the gist of it and uh, we have a really exciting conversation that we're going to be doing with James today so I'm, I'm uh, thrilled to have him on um, so I'll quickly introduce myself so uh, as I said I'm I'm, I'm the CEO uh, of Crowdlinker I've been in the tech space for about 13 years I'm a technologist at the core um, I've created a few different startups. Crowdlinker is my third third business um, as an entrepreneur. Um, we initially kind of started off as a tech startup building our own products, but then we evolved into becoming an award-winning digital product design and software engineering studio. Um, our team is primarily based in Toronto and I'm actually in Barcelona and James is actually in California. So big time difference between us, but uh, we have, you know, different audience members from different areas of the world joining us today and who are going to be, you know, listening in via the recording that we're going to share later. So I'm really excited to have uh, everybody on. Um, quickly about what we do, a bit of a shameless plug here. I hope everybody's okay with that and not have any cringeworthy moments here. But, uh, you know, we started, the, we, you know, as a product studio, we really kind of focus on ideation, validation of product ideas uh, for a lot of the companies that we work with. As, as partners, we help them kind of drive innovation and drive new experimental development. And then we carry that forward then into the design side of our, uh, our service offering and then to, to the software engineering side where we actually build the products that we, we come up with. And then we have a marketing team that pushes it out then to the target uh, ICP. Um, and we work with companies across all industries, primarily um, SMEs, um, across different verticals. So we're very kind of agnostic in terms of the, the products that we build. We've worked on everything from FinTech to OTT and e-commerce and video streaming. So um, I'm really actually happy to say that we are working with NBC on a really cool new product that I unfortunately can't share with everybody, but uh, we will be announcing it and hopefully rolling it out uh, very soon. So I'll keep everybody posted on that. Um, to jump into what the purpose of this fireside chat series is, is um, simply we've been in the business for eight years and we've worked with a lot of businesses of all sizes, primarily startups and scale-ups. And more recently, we've been working with uh, enterprises. And what we saw was that startups and scale-ups have a very dynamic community, access to a lot of knowledge, a lot of people who can share their learnings and findings and their know-how with each other like very freely. And we just felt that on the enterprise side, that was a bit missing. There was a, a very kind of siloed approach. It's hard to access that information and people and the mindset of what they do in the organizations from an innovation standpoint. And so we wanted to create these like weekly fireside chat series that we're gonna be doing till the end of the year and really get people to come in uh, from their own organizations and they talk about what they're doing in innovation, how they're driving it in their organizations and kind of share their learnings that way and uh, you know let everybody improve in terms of how to be a better product leader or an innovator in their companies. 
So that's kind of how we came to be uh, here today. And we've, uh, we've had two so far. James is our third, so part of the guinea pig process. Lucky <laughs> number three. Number three, yeah, lucky number three. And, um, <laughs> you know, we'll keep everybody posted, you know, now that you've signed up to the series in terms of like the great uh, uh, speakers that we have lined up. So I'm gonna talk about the topic today and then the great speaker that we have and do some housekeeping. Um, before, I, uh, before I do that, I'm just gonna quickly throw up a, a poll that we have. It would really kind of help us um, gauge in terms of where everybody's coming from, what they're willing to learn and things like that. I'll keep that running until the intros are done and then I'll turn it off so that it's not a distraction and that everybody can focus on like, you know, the, the gist of our, uh, of our conversation. So, the topic that we have today is uh, staying agile during COVID growth pains. Um, it's a very exciting topic because we're going to learn in terms of what James and his team at NBC have done with their cross-functional you know, experience that they have in their team about um, staying you know, nimble during everything that's happened in the last year, you know, in 2020 so far. So we're going to really dive deep into that. And so um, James, we have on the call with us is uh, a senior manager of product development at NBC Universal, primarily in digital distribution. And he's going to be kind of sharing some of the insights that we have there. And uh, quick housekeeping items, we'll be sharing this recording after with, uh, with everybody um, so that, you know, you could, you could review this later. And uh, after we process it and put it uh, on our YouTube channel, uh, you know, we'll, we'll let you know what the link is. Um, there is a live Q&A component to this webinar. So you can start putting together your questions that you have for James uh, around um, in about 25, 30 minutes from now. And then our team members internally are going to uh, go through those questions. And then we'll try to cover as many as we can before we wrap up. Um, there is a survey that's going to be coming out at the end of this webinar when we finish it. I would really appreciate it and love it if you could please complete it so that we can learn in terms of what to do better and how to improve the process. Um, so yeah, that's it on the housekeeping side. Um, I'm going to now uh, close, uh, <clears throat> close up the, the poll. So thanks everybody for your, your answers. Uh, we have a couple more coming in. So while that's coming in, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll kind of jump into introducing our speaker. So James, awesome. You know, thank you so much for being here. I'd love it if you can kind of start off introducing yourself, what you do uh, at NBC and your role and what, uh, and what you're based also, so that everybody knows. Yeah, and thanks for inviting me here. Um, I really appreciate this, um, you know, super exciting. I know we're, you know we're currently working on a project together, but you know, it's kind of nice to just kind of sit in this like fireside chat and be able to you know, kind of hopefully educate, right? And provide some knowledge on, you know, the stuff that, you know, we're doing you know, as part of NBC Universal and, you know, what my team is doing under, under products. Um, so my official role is product development, but like a lot of my peers, especially recently, like, you know, I wear multiple hats. My role, I feel like, is a combination of, you know, business and tech. You know, I look at analytics, you know, I write out PRDs, I present business proposals to leadership, um, and kind of managing and supporting uh, various projects. Mm -hmm. Both on the business side and also on the uh, on the tech side, and so that kind of list kind of goes on. Um, I mean, I think the numerous responsibilities that I have at this company, especially in BCU, is 
you know, something that I would enjoy and appreciate, right? Because, you know, it's just like you're working with like so many teams, uh, marketing, BI, you know, work my own product team frequently, you know, working with leadership. Um, I'm aware, right? And responsible for like all these multiple layers of information mm-hmm. that I either have to report up, you know, to executives or, you know, kind of share with my coworkers or drive some kind of strategic uh, decision. And, awesome. you know, like, I think as part of product, you're, you're like a mini like CEO, right? You kind of make decisions based on data and, you know, I'm not sure you're kind of aware of that as a CEO. Um, it's, it's great. I think it's a great experience at NBC Universal and, you know, working on a lot of cool, great projects pertaining to entertainment. Nice, nice. Awesome. Thank you so much for the intro, James. Um, first question I, I, I have is, um, how did you get started in product and innovation? I know you worked previously at a startup. Um, right. Like, how did you kind of get into it? Like, what made you kind of, you know, jump two feet into product innovation? Yeah, and uh, I mean, this was like 10 years ago, I think. Um, but, you know, but I had an opportunity to work at a uh, global startup um, back then. It's global. The business model was uh, very similar to like a Groupon business model where they offer flash deals, right, to local customers. But kind of global um, in that our platform was, you know, live in like six, uh, six seven different countries. So mm-hmm. I actually first started working there more on the tech side. So it was like more development, more QA. Um, and we were, I remember we were leveraging the, uh, the LAMP tech stack. I don't even know if anyone ever even like use that anymore, uh, you know, for our backend. <laughs> yeah, we, we use it. Okay, that, that's, that's good to know. Um, and then that real kind of transition, right? So like six months in, they started transitioning towards more product. And that's because they had, um, they had a need for product owners. Right, because I mean, we were super lean. Um, I think in our LA, LA team, there was only like a dozen of us, and there's like you know remote teams, offshore teams elsewhere. Yeah. So, so that's kind of like how I how I got into it. You know, I worked there for a couple of years. Um, I really became interested in products. Nice. Product more specializing in like innovation, technology, and that kind of how that men climbed into business. I um, mean, you know, I went back to get my MBA, um, you know, a few years back, and I think it's like a combination, right? I started with tech and kind of like blending in, merging, you know, a little bit of business background. I think it provides a really robust, um, I guess you could say resume, you know, kind of, kind of, kind of move forward. And I've like jumped industries, right? So I was doing that startup, um, and then I kind of dived into fintech for a few years. And then went over to e-commerce, and then kind of residing where I'm now within the uh, entertainment industry. And what? Um, so it's a pretty diverse background you have, you know, yeah. coming from technical to product. What advice would you have for someone moving from like a startup to an enterprise in an innovation role? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think you just have to be open-minded and think about what tools and skill set you kind of garnered coming from a startup environment, right? For, especially now, right? Because, you know, everyone is just going to be a lot leaner, um, you know, people wearing multiple hats and trying to get stuff out there. Um, and that's the same as like startups, right? They're lean and efficient. Um, you know, they don't have all the money in the world, right? To become, to become successful. They need to be cognizant of cost and timing and making sure, you know, that 
you know, everything is driving a high ROI and a hopefully low LOE. Yeah. And, you know, going into an enterprise, you know, corporate, you know, you have to think about, you know, the automated thing, right? Here we do steps. You like decrease LOE for a certain product. Like, you know, I, I think people really look for, you know, uh, employees from startups just because they have that mentality. Yeah, the right? yeah. I mean, having that mindset of, you know, well, you need to get this done, you know, within this budget, right? You know, within like, within these kind of resource commitment, whether it's like internal or external, um, how do you, how do you kind of like keep things, you know, on schedule? Um, but I mean, one thing that I, I've noticed, right, kind of coming from our startup and going into more enterprise and corporate environment is, I mean, the business product is a bit slower, for sure, right? I mean, I, I remember working at the startup, I was reporting to the CTO, and then like, you know, it's a pretty quick process, kind of going, going back and forth. Yeah. Um, so there's definitely um, more steps. But I think, you know, I kind of see that as a good thing, right? So at NBCU, there's definitely... Uh, we spend a lot more time just kind of vetting, right? Vetting business ideas, business proposals, um, you know, taking less risk, right? Because, you know, it impacts a lot of people, right? Not just like my, my coworkers, my peers, but impacts a lot, of, a lot of customers. So that's kind of, kind of where the vetting comes in. Does it really, really make sense? And do our higher ups, you know, all the multiple layers of executives, do they like agree that this is something that, that would be successful? Um, and it's kind of like where the open mind is going to come into play because, you know, you want to be flexible, but also be patient. You'll still get to the same, same, hopefully positive results from that. You know, you're working with more and bigger teams. But sometimes you just have to go with the flow, you know, in, in an enterprise um, environment. Awesome. That's really interesting. I mean, NBC is being, NBC is such a large organization. You know, we're, we're going to learn and you're going to tell us a bit about more about the processes in terms of how that happens. But I want to kind of jump into the meat and potatoes of like, you know, around the whole growth pains that you guys went yeah. through and how it's affected the business. So like, you know, when COVID hit um, the whole world um, as a pandemic, you know, a lot of people and companies started really struggling in terms of figuring out they had to like, you know, some closed down, some pivoted, some adapted to like the whole environment. So like there was like a lot of change that happened. Um, but I know in your situation, like in, in being in the digital distribution side and the content uh, side of things, right? You know, your department specifically where you are really kind of, in, if I'm, correct me if I'm wrong, really kind of benefited from the side effects of like what, what's happened, uh, you know, increased streaming and things like that. How, you know, how has your team dealt with this whole acceleration process? you know, and, and this growth that you've, you've seen so far? Because I know, like, it's one of the fastest growing departments in, at NBC. So, like, you know, how did that, like, how did that transpire? Yeah, you know, and, and that's a great question. I'm sure, like, a lot of companies kind of going through the, you know, same phase that we are. Um, I mean, I'm just trying to think, I think we started working from home, like, six, seven months ago, right? Or maybe, like, nine months ago, like, back in March. Mm -hmm. And, you know, at that time, I think uh, everyone, you know, we're just trying to think of, oh, no, you know, what are we going to do? Like, it's going to impact theatrical, it's going to impact, you know, the, the various delivery processes and whatnot. Um, you know, we, uh, and, and I'm sure some of you guys are aware of this, but, you know, we pushed out this new window called PVOD. Uh, and PVOD stands for uh, Premium Video on Demand, and essentially just streaming, right? It's, it's uh, streaming from, you know, one of your 
platforms at home, whether, you know, it's like Roku or, you know, one of the other studios platforms. Yeah. And, you know, what we did was we, you know, we kind of provided earlier windows for, for our customers to access certain movies, right? Due to the fact that movie theaters shut down, people can't go anywhere. You know, everyone's staying at home. They want their, you know, kids to be safe. So, you know, so we were really busy. I remember just that first few months of, you know, just making sure that the businesses are aligned or communicating with our retailers, right? That, hey, you know what? We're going to be doing this. What a great idea. Like, you know, let's make this happen. You know, a lot of my coworkers were working like over the weekend, you know, with the communications and, you know, with the delivery processes, the product team, like itself as well. Um, so it was, it was, um, it was challenging, I think, right? It's really challenging to get something launched quickly. And it's kind of like startup mode, right? It's like you have, you know, different iterations. It's like, oh, hey, you know what? We need to be lean. We need to be agile. We need to push this out next Monday. You know, you have four days to like get everything up and running. You know, all the retailer has to be aligned. So there's like tons of communication. And, you know, we, I think we did a really great job. Um, you know, I was like partially part of it, but it was really like our accounts team, our ops team that's kind of like, hey, you know what, kind of driving this. Uh, and we kind of considered a new business, right? The fact that people can actually stream within uh, this window that is a lot closer to um, theatrical. But we, I feel like we handled it pretty well. And, you know, it's most likely something that's going to be moving forward, kind of like within our business portfolio to be able to kind of provide titles within this Viva window. And so like, I mean, it's great having on the call because and I don't know if the audience is curious, but like there's so much change happening right now with the whole side of where content is going. Like a lot of movie theaters in the UK and the US are closing. Lots of jobs are at stake. Uh, Disney, it pushed up Mulan, which was like a huge production uh, to Disney exclusively um with a premium you know attached to it and then i know trolls um like the latest trolls movie also went um under this uh, approach so yes. like a lot of content a lot of movies like even like you know movies that are intended for the theaters are going to these to these new experiences so like some people are saying like okay it's going to be the end of theaters entirely like if this thing comes on like you know how long can they last What's, what's kind of like your take on the underlying consumer behavior change driving these trends? And like, how far do you think it will go? Yeah, you know, this is just like my perspective, right? not NBC Universal's perspective, yeah. but just from, you know, kind of reading all the articles and just talking to, you know, friends, coworker, family, you know, I think um, this new user behavior is here to stay, right? I think a lot of it's gonna be permanent. Oh, okay. And, and, you know, and most, and the reason I'm saying that is because, you know, people realize that there are other ways, right? There are just so many options, you know, like, I'm just going to talk about the movie experience, right? There's just so many ways to watch a movie, you know, these days. You don't have to go to, you don't have to drive to the movie theater, um, you know, to watch a movie. Not saying that's not like a great experience, but I love watching movies like in the IMAX or like Adobe. Right, and then for those like big titles, I definitely want to go out there and watch them. And I mean, I, I want to watch a movie like another this year that's coming out, um, you know. But I, I'm probably not going to because I don't, I don't feel like it's safe. 
You know, so think about all the families that have, that have kids. Uh, I mean, what are they going to do, right? I mean, they're probably going to stream something at home, you know, until everything's like decently safe. I don't feel like movie theater is going to go get back to 100% capacity. I mean, I think they will reopen, right? I mean, it's like on and off, right? One week you're hearing that movie theaters are opening, another week you're hearing that closing. You know, movie theaters are closing, like UK right now, right? I mean, they're COVID spike, so I'm assuming something is that it's going to be, the business is going to be challenging over there from a uh, theatrical chain perspective. Um, and just, just kind of talking about technology, right? It is like an increase in uh, familiarity of digital products, right? Higher adaptation, using various platforms to stream, you know, doing the FaceTime that everyone's doing right now. I think everyone just like really used to a well-worked with technology now work, right? Zoom, Teams, you know, whatnot. Mm -hmm. I think that, I mean, I think, I think that's here to stay, really. You know, and then, so I do feel like, yeah, it does, you know, not to be insensitive, um, it does provide an opportunity for, you know, our studio to kind of like capitalize on this, right? You, you mentioned um, Milan, you mentioned Trolls and, you know, any kind of other pivot titles moving forward, you know, I mean, there, there is a larger population that's, um, you know, that, that's uh, receiving entertainment at home. Right, so we have a larger population to, to kind of leverage, and that and that you know that leads to kind of revenue, right? You know, we talk about price points as well, right? What you what's the best price point for these people? We don't want to scare them away. You know, we want to incentivize them to you know pick up these movies. Like pivot titles are a little more expensive, right? And that not not just because you know obviously it's closer to theatrical, you know, and, and whatnot, but you know it is definitely a great opportunity for us and it is really due to just kind of like the consumer behavior changing and some of that, you know, kind of staying around, mm -hmm. you know, in the, in the long term. Mm -hmm. And with all this change happening, um, how do you see your role changing post COVID? Do you think it'll go back to normal? Do you think it'll stay as course and you're just gonna keep double, doubling down on this kind of channels and these new opportunities that you have? Where do you think you're going to spend kind of more time or less time? Any indications? Yeah, and, and I think, um, you know, I mean, we're, we're going through this right now, right? Obviously, like, we're kind of like nine months in, and we're thinking about, we're looking at budget, you know, for the, for the next uh, few years. I think we're all, and this is not just me, right? I mean, this is just like everyone on my team, like everyone within digital distribution, the whole universal entity. You know, we need to think about just new business opportunities, right? You know, with, with the different user behavior. You know, we need to kind of dedicate more time to figure out is there any, you know, current traditional methods to, to drive revenue and also like new channels, right? New business development, working with new vendors. Um, you know, how do we support, you know, um, the rest of the company with, uh, with revenue generation? Right, I, you know, I mean, I've, I've been at NBC, NBC Universal for about four years now, right? So I definitely manage um, a lot of like the backend platforms, right? And just kind of providing support, you know? So I, I'm already seeing this, right? Just like in the beginning of the year, seeing the tradition and uh, tradition of my time spent on kind of managing that, you know, stuff that we're trying to automate, kind of make more efficient over to like new business ideas, right? You know, how can we drive? How can we drive revenue? Like, how can we leverage 
you know, bonus content. You know, I mentioned like CPE. How do I how do we leverage CPE to uh, you know for higher engagement with the customers? You know, for a possible um, transactional opportunity, right? On, on different platforms. I think that's where our head needs to kind of be and just kind of stay on track, mm-hmm. right? And obviously, it's not just like a domestic challenge; it's like a global challenge, right? I mean, our company is universal, global. Right, um, you know, so this is definitely something. I mean, it's a good challenge too, right? Just trying like, oh wow, I, I think this is exciting, right? You know, I come from a product background, but like, hey, you know what? What kind of new product or existing product I can develop or create fresh that would drive um, new business or or support the traditional business, right? It, it could go either way. I mean, we have, you know, different buckets of like businesses, right? Pivot is one of the new ones. That's traditional. We have all the SPs, so like. You know, it could be a product idea either way, and idea comes from everywhere, right? It could come from you, it could come from me, it could be from a paid an intern. So, you know, to me, it's like exciting times, all these change and fluctuations. So it's great segue into another question I have. You talk about like how ideas flow within your organization. Can you speak more about, you know, the process around that? You know, that from an idea to actually like something launching, like what happens like what's the process from like the business needs perspective and things like that yeah so i kind of mentioned like just a different business channels right now right so you know when i'm thinking of ideas and thinking about it in like three buckets you know we have a very traditional business that's kind of like ongoing um it's kind of like our like cash cow and i don't know like if any of you guys like went through business school or learned about it but it was like quadrants um you know, traditional business and there's like the new pivot business and there's also like alternative est you know that, that we're kind of building out um you know the idea just come from there right i mean a lot of it it's really like i've been in this industry for a few years right so i kind of understand um kind of like the core business but then also bring in all the other ideas and concepts that i've learned from other industries you know, so FinTech, right? And I have, like, a lot of my business proposals in the past, I have kind of brought up, like, just kind of different ideas and projects that I, you know, worked on, you know, FinTech, e-commerce, like, startups, and everything kind of originates from idea, right? I kind of had to document everything, right? Just a business proposal that I kind of put together. And I look at, you know, I look at different, different data, right? Some data internally, like, hey, you know, I gotta prove this out. Right, and so we definitely use numbers a lot, and everyone does. Like, there's a lot of um, data that you have to kind of kind of bring up. Like, what's the KPI? What's the value? Like, what's the what's the population? Um, and a proposal like that, you know, gets a pitch to the to to my boss, you know, to the executives, and that's where they kind of like go back and forth in terms of kind of reviewing before it gets uh, greenlit. So there's a lot of like, I think, you know, from my perspective, there's a lot of documentation before and after the greenlit, right? Because you got to kind of propose that idea, you know, put it on paper, present it, PowerPoint, you know, whatever. Yeah. And then after, it's kind of like, hey, you know what, this got approved, this got greenlit. And, you know, just in terms of like, uh, like resources, right? So you got to think about the budget, you got to think about um, the human resources, right, committed, you know, mm-hmm. who's managing. Yeah, so it's so all of that, right? And then there's a lot of documentation out there. So product, obviously we create PRDs, wireframes, mock-up, you know, test cases, and it kind of goes through, you know, if it's some, something technical, it kind of goes through the uh, software development life cycle, right? 
and you know we're working with vendors whether it's you know internal or external okay and like is there any specific kind of like best practices you could recommend to others in terms of how to pitch a new idea like from in terms of presenting the data behind it or the process or framework any kind of tips that you could share yeah and and i think um i think you need to know what the goal is of this product right and what is the value that's driving you it's a goal to drive revenue it's a goal to drive engagement is a goal to acquire new customers, right? There could be all these like different goals. And then from there, you know, you kind of dictate, okay, in order to get to this goal, like what do you have to do? What are the next steps? What kind of resources do you do? What kind of budget? What kind of technologies, you know, do you require? I mean, I do have kind of like a laundry list of like, you know, like kind of like checklists of like what I, I kind of go down. Um, you know, I brought up the cash cow and it's like, you know, right now we're looking at, we're looking for cash cows, right? What's going to drive that revenue? But that doesn't mean it has to be a cash cow. It could be, you know, in a quadrant where it just kind of provides um, presence, right? Within, uh, within, within a, within a brand or presence within, within an industry. Okay. Um, you know, competitive challenge, right? You know, the, the ports, five horses. I mean, I, I don't utilize all of that. I don't think it's really all necessary, but you got to think about, you know, where's the population at, right? Who, who, who's out there already that's like super competitive? Like, can, you, can you even like get into that market? You know, with like, you know, we talk about apps a lot, right? I mean, there's like tons of apps out there, right? Like how many of us is going to keep an, keep an app and use it long-term versus, oh, you know what, I'm going to click into it a couple of times and I'm going to delete it. Or it just sits like on page three or four and we never use it again. Mm -hmm. You know, but you got to think about all these, like, all these, like, challenges, right? Uh, the UI, the UX, you know? I mean, I mean, there's a lot to think about, obviously. So, obviously, I can't, like, share everything that I kind of go through, but, <laughs> you know, I mean, like, you know, a lot of decks that I, you know, I can present, it's like, you know, 10, 10, 20 pages, you know? I mean, there's a lot of details because, you know, that's what, what is expected, right? You know, coming, coming from a product person, you need to kind of look at, um, the, uh, the product, the new product, um, in, in different angles, different perspectives, you know, from business side, from the tech side, operations, resources, and whatnot. And as a, as like a person in terms of driving the initiative and kind of putting it out there to get approval, how do you, how do you yourself and, you know, to your team show, or to the company, how do you show ROI on any kind of products that you guys create like what are you measuring yeah so kind of going back to uh, engagement and transactional right so cpe um the bonus content that kind of manage uh, we definitely look at the engagement quite a bit right so for example one of the kpis that we looked at is how many people transacted and also interacted with the with the bonus content so meaning that someone you know they could be on you know someone purchased one of our titles right and then they move forward and kind of played around with our games the 360 experiences like how often does that happen right and we see that you know obviously with our tenfold titles you know there's definitely higher engagement you know and also if we build out more robust interactives we see higher engagement and higher engagement is sometimes like what we want to see right you know you go into like a best buyer target 
you know, sometimes you pick up a DVD because it says, you know, on the, on the, on the marketing, you know, promo three hours of additional bonus content, right? That's kind of stuff that we kind of strive for, you know, like, you know, some kind of correlation to a transaction, right? I mean, if, if, a, if a person's willing to spend a few dollars more because there's like this additional hours of entertainment for themselves, for the kids, then they'll, they'll purchase that, right? That, that leads to a transaction. So that's like one KPI and, um, you know, just from a, um, a digital codes, like we sell digital codes online, right? And that, that's definitely just purely transactional, right? Like, are we getting, you know, just our marketing, social, are we, you know, what kind of conversion are we looking at, right? How many people are dropping off, right? How many people are coming back? How many people are, you know, spending money on multiple purchases, right? Because we don't want just like a customer coming in and be like, okay, you know what? I'm only going to buy this like one item and then I'm never coming back. We want them to come back, right? We want to be a multiple buyer, right? Repeat buyer. So that's like a huge KPI for us as well. And, you know, to kind of present these tools, you know, we use Excel, obviously, you know, most companies use that. You know, we have RBI, which has a pretty cool, like, tool that we use um, internally that I think is really great um, to kind of, like, kind of pull in raw data. And, you know, and, and, and different teams look at different numbers as well. But, you know, there's definitely a lot of, um, you know, we look at data quite a bit, especially with distribution. Like, everyone, you know, everyone has to be pretty experienced and know how to read numbers. Okay. Right? I mean, I'm, I'm not an expert myself for sure, right? I'm not an expert myself, you know, I'm used to like data, internal data warehouses that it's a little easier, right? But yeah, Excel spreadsheet, you know, everyone needs to know how to use Excel and hopefully use Power BI. And, and that just kind of a com communication aspect of it too, right? You gotta be able to know how to communicate and then also kind of like the response, how to, how to digest, right, data coming from your team members. And so when, when you're coming up with some ideas or even like internally in the organization, how do you involve your own team members, whether in the innovation team or even outside of the innovation team that you're part of, to come up with some of these ideas? Like what, uh, how do you kind of propagate this drive towards um, ideation? Yeah, and you know, I think just as a product guy, I ask a lot of questions, okay. right? So you know, kind of going back to like when I think of an idea, right? When I think of idea, you know, I sometimes like you know type out all the questions I have, right? And I just go to the different teams, right? I, I get their input, you know. I, I go to the tech team for questions. I go to my own product team for questions. A marketing BI, you know, it's kind of gathering, right? You know, I'm a hub, right? Product guy, typically they're a hub, you know, they're interacting with all these different people. I learn from them, they learn from me. And that's kind of like where you kind of involve these people internally, right, with, with their idea. Yeah. You know, ideas can come from anywhere. So like, even if I came up with like a really cool idea, that doesn't mean that someone else can make it better, right? From a marketing perspective, from a technology perspective, or like a data perspective. So you know, I lean, I lean in, you know, into those discussions and try to make this product, you know, better than it, than it, what it originally was, what the original idea was. Okay. And externally, it's also the same thing, right? You know, my, I talk to you, you know, when we have, you know, like questions, um, you know, and just like, hey, you know what, collectively, how do we kind of build out something, 
right? And I, I mean, it is all, all about teamwork, right? I mean, like, you know, I'm not doing all this on my own, right? I can't, right? I don't have the expertise, you know, to do everything. But I'm here to kind of like move it forward, right? To come up with an idea, you know, try to generate documentation, right? For kind of propose it. And, and I think it's fun actually kind of talking to other people and just thinking about ideas, like talking about ideas and like, you know, how can you make it better? Oh, hey, did you think about this, right? Maybe there's like a, there's a gap, there's a block, right? And try to, try to kind of figure that out. But, you know, especially now that, you know, companies are streamlining, right? You know, it, it really is like you have to work, you know, you want to work with just people in general, you know, working with like other teams that you might not have, you know, had exposure to in the past, mm -hmm. but now it's like it's easier to do that, right? Mm -hmm. To kind of like expand and be, you know, I mean, it's, it's always, it's always like global opportunity expansions. And, you know, I do feel like our company is going to become more global moving forward too, right? And then, and then when it gets to that, you know, these discuss, these ideas, you know, kind of go back and forth between like different countries, which is great. I think being able to brainstorm ideas with other people, having a very, there's no bad question type of mentality that right. really helps drive innovation and internally. And innovation could be really small, you know, in size. It doesn't have to be something grandiose, right? It could be just a mindset as well. Um, right. Before we jump into the Q&A stuff, and we, we have some questions coming in. What, um, what innovative projects are you working on right now that, that you can share? And um, is there anything that, you know, you could talk about in terms of what's like on, on the roadmap, you know, on the horizon that uh, you could share with us? Yeah, I think um, innovative. Um, I mean, I can't go into like super details, and and uh, and uh, you know, you know the reason why. But I mean, a lot of it is really kind of expose our, you know, product to uh, to different customer bases, mm -hmm. right? You know, we have this like population, you know, that goes on Amazon or like iTunes, right, to kind of purchase movies. But like, hey, is there any other populations that that we're looking at? And how, how do we kind of facilitate that experience for them, right? How can they reach, get closer to that transaction with the title? You know, it could be bundled with other products. You know, it could be like new technology, right? You know, I think uh, it was last year, um, you know, CES, and they talked about new technology, you know, glasses, right? Or even like contact lenses where you can like view movies and videos. Like, that's like crazy. So that's also super awesome. Like how, you know, how, how how genius is that idea? Like, you know, you don't have to take anything with you. You can just put in like a contact lens, right? And then you can watch a movie or a TV show. You know, I think I think those are kind of, those are kind of ideas and projects that we kind of look at. You know, some are like a little bit long term, like maybe like five years, you know, kind of down the road. Mm -hmm. But I think right now, you know, it's a great time to kind of explore, right, and discover. That's you know those technologies and how does it kind of contribute and support um, our, our business streams, right? How, how can we use that technology to get in touch, you know, with those populations, you know, that might not be able to, you know, or, you know, people without internet, right? How do we get movies to them, right? And we, we talk about that, you know, there's a lot of, you know, events happening in the world, right? You know, underprivileged and, you know, like, you know, we, th we think about those things, right? How, how can we get our content, you know, in front of people, um, you know, for whatever reason, 
And, you know, in the, at the end of the day, it's, you know, we want to entertain people, right? We want to entertain people, you know, we, we're a studio, we create content, how do we drive that content? You know, I'm super passionate about movies, like TV shows, you know, I love my job. And I'm, I'm, a, I'm a user, I'm a user on my own, right? So I can think from like that perspective, so not just like a product guy, but also like, hey, I'm a customer at home, what would I want? You know, and that's kind of where the ideas come from. And that's kind of where, you know, when I'm pitching new ideas, like where, where, where it generates, where it can ideates. That's awesome. From a, from a personal perspective, where do you go to learn about perfecting your craft? Like, how do you get better? You know, do you have any mentors? Anything like that that you could share? Um, where do I go? Well, you know, I'm, I'm definitely trying to, I try to keep up to date just with like current events, right? So I read like tons of articles, um, you know, attend info sessions, you know, conferences, you know, there's a lot in LA, right? So, you know, I mean, it's not happening right now. I mean, there actually there is, there's a lot of virtual conferences and I attend a lot of that, okay. right? And, you know, there's a lot of um, great internal tools, um, you know, that NBCU provides. You know, we have access to like LinkedIn, you know, learning, you know, we have like Harvard Business Review, um, you know, classes that we can take. So I think it's really great. But for me, I think, you know, just kind of get better within my role. And, you know, my role is kind of like multifaceted, right? So I do presentations, you know, I write documents. So, you know, I think like even presentation, you know, I used to go to Toastmasters. I don't know if you've heard of it, but of it's kind of like making your, you know, Kind of being a presentation leader, right? Because that's that's necessary, you know, for someone, especially like me, like always kind of pitching ideas, like left or right. Um, so that that's you know that's another way to try to practice and try to make sure that, you know, when I get that opportunity, I'm able to communicate effectively and clearly. Um, you know, I have mentors, mentors that work, right? So so that there um, there's definitely people that. I look up to them that I respect, right? You know, and I have like coffee chats with them, you know, three times a year, just kind of, kind of get there, get that insight, feedback on some of the questions I have, you know, maybe some challenges or maybe some ideas, right? Um, and I think you get, a, you get to learn a lot, you know, from, from those people. I mean, I kind of consider uh, myself a mentor as well, right? Just in that, I mean, there's people that come to me, right? I mean, it could be like college students, you know, people in the MBA programs, it could be like coworkers kind of asking me different questions. And, you know, and that's kind of where going back to like, I mean, you could get, I mean, you can learn from anyone, right? And everyone, really. Everyone have a different background. Everyone has a different perspective on things. Everyone's a different customer. You know, whether it's like, you know, pertaining to leadership, to technology, to, um, you know, to, to like various ideas. You know, you want to, you know, I'm always a uh, big, um, proponent of like this kind of higher learning. You know, you always want to learn, right? You know, I'm, a, I'm a student for life, pretty much. That's how, that's how I call myself. Like I want to learn just kind of everything that's out there as much as I can, you know? I mean, but this is not just a professional thing. It's a personal thing too. I want to grow personally. So. And that's, uh, I mean, that's great to hear. I mean, the fact that you're passionate about the space and you love what you do, I think, it just comes naturally. It's very fluid. Like you don't have to put a lot of effort into it. It just kind of, you know, happens. Um, yeah. Before we jump into the Q and A, quick fire, quick fire questions I had, one-liners before we wrap up here. 
Um, what is, what would you say are some things that you would recommend to innovation leaders that they should immediately stop doing in their organizations, like starting tomorrow? Uh, you mean stop doing, is that what you said, or start stop, doing? Stop doing, and then I'm going to ask about <laughs> start doing. Okay. Um, Maybe you could tackle doing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, like, I guess, um, I mean, just from a technology perspective, I think sometimes we dwell on technology that might not be, that might not have the most value, right, that drives business. Like, I mean, we all get excited about like new devices and gadgets, right? You know, iPhone comes out every year or, you know, something's like faster, quicker, something's more efficient. But I think as a business, we also have to think about, hey, you know, that's cool. We saw it at CES or something, right? Is that going to, is that going to support the business? Or is that just something that, oh, it's cool, it's exciting, it's compelling, but, you know, like it doesn't really move the needle. I think that, I mean, I, I kind of see that discussion sometimes, right? I mean, online and articles, you know, within the company, like, hey, you know what, we kind of look at a technology, we spend a lot of time on it, but then eventually, you know, we realize that it might not be the best fit. It might be the best fit in another industry, right? But maybe it's not the best fit in our industry, we'll just kind of move on with it. Sure. You know, I think, I think it's, um, I mean, you have to kind of as you grow, like within, within the industry or company, you just have to be better and more comfortable at letting, letting it go, you know, if, if it's not working, right? And I'm not saying like, I've definitely, <laughs> you know, held on to stuff like in the past too, right? But then like, especially now, you have to think about that more and more. Awesome, awesome, amazing. Thank you so much, James. Lots of great, of lots of great insight. All right, I have a couple questions. We'll see how many we get uh, through. Sure. First one, first one I have, are you ready? <laughs> so is Maybe. how will <laughs> how will changing how will changing consumer habits drive new content development? How will changing new consumer habits um, okay. drive new content? Drive new content. I mean, I don't know if we're changing right. Our industry is changing um, consumer behavior right directly. I think it's really like what's going on around us, but I think we can, I think we have a hand in shaping it, right? You know, so, you know, so we see these like setbacks or, you know, challenges, blocks that people are accessing. We're like, hey, we can provide this. Hey, we can provide that. And I mean, I'm sure you're aware, Aram, um, you know, there's been a lot of like, like watch parties, right? Going on, you know, because, you know, kids can't get together, you know, there's like risk. And, you know, that's something that, you know, multiple studios and companies provided at the beginning, right? So that people can kind of get together, watch a movie, TV show, and then just kind of text and talk to each other over, you know, whatever device. Right. So to me, it's like, it's not about we're driving them. It's like, hey, we're supporting them. You know, we're providing these tools to support them on their journey, right, to these experiences, right? And then, you know, kind of going back to the KPI, once we get a decent population, we will build something else, right? We'll build like this new content, different kind of content that, be, that they'll be excited about. But I think a lot of it is kind of bringing it out, right? You know, I said, I said before previously that, hey, we don't know if it's gonna, when this whole thing's gonna end, right? 
But you know, if it ends next year, like maybe things are just back like usual, right? I mean, why we want to invest like a lot of resources and budget on something that might not last, you know, forever? Who knows? Like it's it's very fluid out there. You know? It's really interesting. It's a great segue into another question that just came in. Yeah. Which is what advice would you give to people specific to content distribution in regards to if you keep dropping dollars into ads versus influencers versus events? I mean, how does how does NBC think about distribution? Yeah, I mean, we do. Um, I mean, we have an obviously a very robust, um, very smart marketing, you know, global brand marketing team. And actually, a good example that I can bring up. Um, you know, we have a new title coming out uh, next year, right? And they got pushed. Um, you know, Fast and Furious Nine. Like everyone's kind of right. you know, aware of that. I mean, like we just had this huge you know, like um, sessions, right? Just like brainstorming sessions on, hey, you know what? How are we gonna promote this, right? Mm-hmm. How are we going to drive, you know, this on the different platforms? How are we going to, you know, because it's a global product, right, for us, mm-hmm. right? Because they, you know, they travel everywhere and it's so diverse. Um, you know, when we talk about it, we talk about the idea on different ways, you know, whether it's, you know, um, I don't know about your area, but you know, the drive-ins, interactive drive-ins are getting super popular, you know, like within, uh, within LA at least. Um, you know, we're about, yeah, and then, you know, we're talking about different ways to, to kind of visualize concepts and then kind of put it out there. And, you know, whether it's like through ads, through email blasts, you know, through our traditional retailers, um, you know, to try to incentivize people, you know, to come, come and watch our content. Oh, that's really interesting. Um, okay, a couple more. Uh, sure. So here's one. Uh, how, how, how do you pursue, uh, maybe I can join two questions here. How yeah. do you persuade leadership to invest in you and your team in the sense of moving? And then there's another question is like, how do you move yeah. the needle on your ID execution process? That's a great question. Um, and I think just based on my experience, right, um, kind of going back to the idea and if it really, the idea itself have to kind of like drive the needle, right? You know, you need to understand what the, uh, what leadership is looking for, mm-hmm. right? And everyone has goals, right? The distribution have like goals, right? Um, you know, whether it's like financial, whatnot. Mm-hmm. And how, how, how does your idea, um, support that goal, right? And then, and what are the numbers behind it? I mean, like, I think numbers is, you know, super important, you know? So, you know, I, I know I, for previous, um, previous project opportunity that I was thinking about, I think I spent, uh, I mean, like 10, 20 hours just on the numbers, just trying to scope it out, you know, just about, hey, you know, historical data, right? kind of translate that into, hey, I mean, there's always going to be some assumptions, right? Especially like when you go into a new space. So there's going to be some assumptions within, within your estimates. But you just got to think about, hey, there's a population, you know, uh, multiply that by, you know, maybe historic data, right? And what, what, what kind of number does that prevent? I mean, not prevent. What does that, um, what kind of numbers can you assume that would get the lead- get leadership executive excited? Right? It did like, you know, in the first three to five years, you can generate $10 million versus in the first three, five years, you could generate $1 million. 
Like where, where, where are their head at, right? Are they just thinking about, oh, you know, you know what? Half a million is great and we can go with that. But then if they're, if you're pitching something that's like half a million revenue in the next like couple of years and they're thinking like, oh, we need like 50 million, then, you know, that's there's no alignment there, right? <laughs> there's no alignment, yeah. Yeah, so, so I mean, that, that comes from experience too, right? It's kind of knowing, knowing your business, and which I'll, I have to do as well, you know, just kind of, you know, working here for four years. But it's really like very specifics, right? Just be able to answer all of your questions that your, your leadership throwing at you and making sure that you can prove everything out and be like, hey, you know what? This is the idea. This is uh, what we're targeting. And this is the way to get there. Yeah. And be confident. Be confident with your idea and presentation. Oh, that's a great answer. Thanks, James. Yeah. Uh, we'll do one or two more depending on time. Um, there's a question. Does, does NBC have a five-year 10-year innovation plan? If not, like how far ahead does your team plan? Five-year, 10-year innovation plan. I mean, how, like right now, how far ahead can you really think through? Is it like one year in advance, three years, five years? Like, um, well, I think, I think it's kind of like my past experience working with that tech team, right? So, I mean, I know we've discussed, you know, like a couple of years down the road. Right. I mean, even with like budget, you know, we think about three years down. Okay. Right. So um, I'm, I'm not on the tech team, but I am, you know, pretty sure that they have a three to five year plan in place. 10 years might be, especially now, I think 10 years is probably a little too far. And that just because everything's just so fluid, right? I mean, you don't know, you don't know what to say, what's going to happen next year or two years from now. Right. I mean, are we going to have, you know, budget? for technology, for marketing or whatnot, right? So you can't really go out that far. But I think, you know, typically, you know, when we look at, you know, business, it's, you know, you have five years for sure, right? I mean, you have a five-year business plan, but from the technology innovation side, I think it's a little less so. I mean, you know, there's just new technology popping up everywhere. So you don't know sometimes as well, like what, what's going to be successful and what's not. And sometimes, you know, we, you know, we look at our competitors, right? Like what are they using? What are they offering? And you know, we just, we just kind of keep ourselves. We're kind of monitoring the the industry about those kind right. of topics. Correct. Correct. Uh, okay. All right. Uh, awesome. Uh, last question, and then we'll wrap up. Uh, sure. um, do you have a a quick or scrappy framework you use to vet an idea internally prior to presenting it to the greater team? Some like I don't know, litmus test approach or something. Um. I do have something. I mean, it's on my computer, obviously, that I kind of like look at. I mean, if anyone's interested, and I get, I'm happy to share, right, you know, after the call, if anyone's interested, um, and I can kind of kind of talk through it as well. But yeah, I mean, I do have a tool, right? I mean, I do have something, some kind of template. Yeah. And I know this question came a little bit before, so maybe I didn't speak to it directly, and I apologize. But I definitely have a template on like, hey, you know what? What do I have to cover? You know, like to kind of dictate, determine if it's worth it, kind of, kind of a deal, right? So that's a lot of, there's some numbers, there's some research, and it's kind of going through different, um, different models as well. So yeah, so definitely, you know, if you want to, you can get a touch with me. Awesome, yeah, I mean, James, that would be amazing. I'm sure people really appreciate Yeah, for sure. And you know, I have, I have an open door policy, so, you know, definitely willing to kind of, you know, speak about, you know, whatever questions that you brought up, but also anything else moving forward, if it helps. Wicked, awesome. So I think we're close to time. So I'm just gonna uh, 
wrap things up. So, James, you've been incredible. Thank you so much for giving me your, your time and uh, all this knowledge. Um, I'm sure, you know, people will love it and hopefully they can use it in so many more companies. So, thank you so much. I really appreciate you joining and uh, being our third participant on this uh, Fireside series. So, thanks so much. Um, welcome. The next steps is um, we're going to we're going to clean up the video. We'll send it to you, James, just so you can review it, see if it's all good. And then we'll share it with everybody. Um, everybody who's participating or sign up will get a copy of it. And uh, we'll be publishing it on our YouTube channel. Um, to plug in the next one that we have. So as everybody knows, these are kind of every Thursday around the same time. Our next event is next week, essentially. We'll be chatting with, uh, with somebody by the name of Keichi Matsumoto, I hope I got that right, at Yamato. Yamato is one of the largest um, uh, companies in, in Japan. Um, I think it's about 100,000 employees, if not more. It's a, a large organization. And we're going to be talking about uh, integrating your corporate innovation with other departments. So his role there is the manager of digital innovation, which, uh, which was new that he took over. So we'll be talking about that. So. Stay tuned, more details to follow, and uh, everybody can register.